Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good morning, Facebook Becoming Eva fans. Welcome to episode 208. We're talking about infertility and the journey to motherhood. And we have a special guest with us this morning, Miss Charmaine McGovern. So welcome to Becoming Eva. Yes, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) So how are you doing? We've been asking everyone. I know 2020 has been an interesting year. So how is this year going for you? Um, it's actually going really good. Um, uh, we, me and my family, we, we're still active. We're going outside, we're going to the park, we're going on hikes. Um, and our business is still doing really, really well. Um, we're doing good. We're just having a lot of family time and, um, yeah, it's good. Awesome. Even though, though, um, huh? I was saying, what's your business? You said our business is going well. What's your business? We have a Airbnb um, and people are still booking it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Tell so, us a little bit more about it. It's a very unique Airbnb. So tell us a little bit you know, more about it. Yeah, so um, it's an Airbnb and it's actually in our backyard. It's a tree house um, and the, it's called Treasure Hunt Tree House. And... Uh, while staying there, you get to do the actual treasure hunt that my husband created. And um, it's not anything cheesy. Um, it's well thought out. And at the end of the treasure hunt, you get a takeaway gift, um, like a little trinket that a little souvenir. Um, and you also get to sign the log book where probably over a hundred people have already signed. And um, it's just so cozy and unique. Very cool. Honestly, I could see why that would like boom during a time like this, because I mean, it sounds like it has more of an outdoor vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like a, a camping, hiking vibe to it. And people are trying to be outdoors more during this season. So that's amazing how God has like set y'all up for success during this time and how creative of your husband. Like that's very, very creative. That's awesome. Yes. So I've known Charmaine for a while. She is actually a member of our life group. Um, Charmaine, how long have we've been friends? Do you remember how many years have we been a part of this life group that we've been doing together? You know, I don't know. It's been at least a couple of years, but I've known you longer than that. Um, Because I remember we went out to eat (laughs) when you were carrying your second daughter. (laughs) Okay. So Um, she's four. So that's at least four years. (laughs) That is awesome. I'm going to do your official introduction, Charmaine. So Charmaine McGovern is a wife of Ryan McGovern and a mom of her favorite little sidekick, Ethan McGovern, 
her firstborn son. Charmaine, along with her husband, Ryan, runs their unique treehouse Airbnb full-time, along with working part-time as an optician. So welcome um, to our Becoming Eva episode. <laughs> Thank you for being Thank here. For I know we're, <laughs> we're working through some technical difficulties, if y'all notice any pausing, but this episode is so important and we really want to make sure that we give it the time and the attention that it needs because oftentimes it's not really talked about, at least not on public platforms. And so, um, first of all, I want to commend you, Charmaine, for joining us this morning um, and um, just, you know, in acknowledge your, your courage and your bravery for, um, for, you know, being willing to be transparent and have this discussion with us this morning. We really appreciate it. So before we dive into your story in particular, let's talk a little bit about motherhood, because I feel like women, we kind of have instilled in us at an early age, like um, perceptions and expectations regarding motherhood. So, um, and anyone can start, but based on how you were raised, like, do you feel like um, it was either motherhood was something instilled in you, like you, you should be, or you're going to be a mother when you grow up, or was it something intrinsic where you just always felt or always believed you'd be a mother? Like what, what, how, how were you raised as far as um, your perception and, and your desire for motherhood? Well, I was raised in a large family. So I had younger siblings and older siblings. So my parents worked all the time. So I think at the age of nine, I think I was kind of taking on um, the motherhood uh, role by uh, cooking. I was cooking at the age of nine, chores, cleaning, just taking care of my younger siblings. So at a very early age, it was really instilled in me. And my parents even gave me permission to discipline my younger siblings. I didn't, I never felt comfortable doing that. <laughs> and I think they knew that I didn't feel comfortable disciplining them. Um, Cause they were kind of teased me like, Nami said, you're supposed to spank spank me then spank me so they would kind of tease me <laughs> because I was not really that was really uncomfortable to do um for me so um that aspect of motherhood but I think with um the baby dolls um that I I had tons of baby dolls growing up and just um learning how to care for the baby dolls and my younger siblings. I think I always kind of knew that I was going to be a mother someday. That's awesome. What about you, Charmaine? Well, for me, <laughs> it's pretty different. Um, well, my, my mom and my dad, they didn't raise me. My aunt raised me. And when I was younger and even as, even growing up, um, like as a teen, I was like, Ugh, kids, ugh, ugh. no, I never want kids, you know, um, as a young child, I played with Barbie dolls, and I played a little bit with dolls, but more so Barbie dolls, um, so growing up, I didn't want kids, that was, like, far from, like, I, I thought it was, like, too much work, and they'd cry all the time, um, 
so yeah that was my experiences as a young child and even as a teen um I was I wasn't like playing with a lot of baby dolls it was more Barbie dolls so but I didn't want kids and I didn't have that in my uh thoughts or anything if that makes sense I thought it was too much work you know (laughs) it is a lot of work yeah but I mean I'm I'm right there with you I had a ton of Barbie dolls just the other day um one of my cousins was asking me do you still have all your Barbie dolls I was like yes I do I have them safely kept in storage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they were very near and dear to me. I mean, I used to host Barbie weddings. Um, I was very big on Cabbage Patch Kids. I had, um, I used to host birthday parties for my Cabbage Patch Kid dolls. I have a childhood friend we reconnected uh, last year. And she said, girl, I will never forget your Cabbage Patch Kid birthday parties. Like you took those things seriously. And I did. Like I always had like those types of moments. But I will also say, even thinking about it now, Um, Because I was raised in a single parent household and I was surrounded a lot by single mothers, I was, it was instilled, I won't say instilled in me, maybe it was subconsciously or subliminally, I did not want to get pregnant at an early age because I knew, you know, just the, 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 um, how hard it was to be a single parent, you know, and then also too, I didn't want to bring shame on my family. And so I, I knew at an early age that I was supposed to um, you know, represent family differently. And so I, you know, I, I maintained my virginity. I maintained um, chastity or whatever you want to call it just until, um, you know, through high school, through college. Um, and part of me, part of the reason I stayed a virgin for so long was because I was like, it would be just like God for as soon as I have sex to get pregnant. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get pregnant until I get through college, until I get married and all of that stuff. And so for me, motherhood, it was, it was, I've always been instinctually a nurturer, but um, motherhood was not something that I really began to desire, if you will, Um, probably until I got married. I wouldn't even say before I got married. Like I really was focused on pursuing all these other things before even entertaining the thought of motherhood. So it's always interesting to, you know, to hear people's journeys, you know, and, and, you know, how they have perceived motherhood or what they were even taught regarding motherhood. So it's really good. Really good. Yeah. I can, I can really relate to that, Maya, uh, because like I I didn't start wanting kids until I got married. (laughs) And even just thinking uh, about growing up, um, so it was it was four girls and no three girls and one guy my cousin my boy cousin and uh my two uh girl cousin and my my older guy cousin he had like gi joe dolls gi joe miniature not dolls gi joe like toys and and cars so i (laughs) gravitated to like playing with like GI Joes and making mud pies and <laughs> picking up, I don't even like now, picking up granddaddy long legs, racing yeah. on my bike, planting a creek. <laughs> so I was, I guess I was essentially like a tomboy growing up. <laughs> so it wasn't until I got married um, that my desire for kids to, my desire for kids came. 
um, for children came and um, I'm glad it did, you know. <laughs> so. That is funny. I grew up with, with a lot of boy cousins too and we were very close, um, you know, almost raised like siblings. And so I, I still, and it took a while, like, cause I'm, I'm, I would, you know, wrestle and like box and, you know, and my husband would be like, why are you so rough? <laughs> I, but that's how I grew up and I felt in a lot of cases they were my cousins were like we're trying to make you tough girl we're trying you know and I'm like okay y'all but it's it's yeah I totally get the the um the tomboy tendencies I still had girly girl moments but I it's nothing for me to like you know you know wrestle a r- rumble with somebody like yeah so I was I was stuck right in the middle I think because I had half brother like it was 50% boys, 50% girls in our household. So the boys made me tough, like <laughs> with the wrestling and coming outside, playing basketball, street ball with them and, you know, just hanging in there with them. I think that's, that's how I kind of became an athlete because they kind of made me tough. And then I also had the girly, prissy side, you know, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You know, I got to have my hair looking nice, didn't really want to get too dirty. And if I did get sweaty, you know, I, I was going to spend forever in the bathroom with all my bath and body works. You know, I was, I think I was right down the middle. That's me. good. That's really good. <laughs> wow. I love it. Anything else anyone wants to share before we get into your story, Charmaine? <laughs> I just have a funny, <clears throat> a funny little you said boxing and wrestling so we actually had a a punching bag and me and my cousin we would uh punch the punching bag and we would actually have boxing gloves and box (laughs) so that's like it's so funny like we have similar backgrounds (laughs) Maya (laughs) I love it I love it wow well tell us about your journey to motherhood Charmaine well so um in the beginning, me and my husband, we started um, talking about names before we actually started trying to conceive. And um, so in the beginning, we started talking about names and I, I, na- I wanted a boy first. So I naturally started thinking about boy names. And um, so we were, we were set on the name Ethan. And I was like, okay, now let's think about a girl name. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to name a girl, name our girl. I'm still really not sure if we have if we have a girl. I don't know what I want to name her. Um, so, but with that being said, so we were like Ethan. Ethan is the name that we're gonna name our son for sure. And so um, we talked to one of our older friends. Um, we were like, we were just chatting with her because she came over. We were having like a Bible study. And afterwards, we were just chatting. She was like, oh, we are going to have kids and da, da, da. I was like, yeah, I want to name him Ethan. Name our son Ethan. I don't know about the girl yet. And so she was like, no, don't name him Ethan. My son is named Ethan. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't really know your son. So this is what I want to do. <laughs> and um, she was like, it's too many Ethans. And I'm like, but uh, okay, I don't know them though, you know? And um, so I told Ryan about it and we were still like, yeah, let's name him Ethan. And, and then back in my head, I'm, I was thinking like, 
well, maybe I should continue to uh, look for another name. And um, so maybe a while after that, my husband did a speaking engagement at a school and um, it was like, I guess there were like middle schoolers and afterwards or a week later, they sent him thank you cards and all the kids wrote their own thank you card. And so um, I'm sitting on the sofa, just relaxing, <laughs> opening up the thank you cards because they were just, you know, adorable and um, just reading, uh, reading, you know, through them. And so one card in particular, I wish I still had it, but one card in particular, um, and I wasn't doing anything spiritual. I was just relaxing. I picked it up and I heard the audible voice of God mm-hmm. tell me this next card is going to be your child's name. And I heard it so clear and so loud and like mm-hmm. rumbly almost. Wow. I was just, I held the card in my hand and I was just, was like, uh, either I'm crazy or this is like, I, this is, you know, I was like, and I, I was like, well, I, I know what I want to name our son. So whatever this card is, I'm going to have to go with it because clearly God wants it to be this name. And when I tell you, I opened it so slow because I was like <laughs> nervous. <laughs> I opened it really slow, guys. And I looked at it and it said, Ethan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I just started weeping and weeping. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Only God knew what I want, what we wanted to name our son. And he would have it so that this card confirmed his name. And it was just so amazing. I was crying and I called Ryan in and I told him and we just hugged. And it was just such an amazing moment. And after that, uh, a while, I don't know how many months later, we started trying to conceive. And um, I had my first miscarriage Mm -hmm. and that was really hard and um not just physically but mentally because I'm like Lord you told me you know this like it's it's, like you told me this like I heard it and I saw it like it was confirmed and um and then so we're like okay well maybe it was just like a fluke like you know one time okay but then it happened a second time. And then that's when it even got like harder. Like, okay, is something wrong with me? Like, God, you you told me that we will have a son named Ethan. And um, it was really hard. It was really hard. And, um, you know, my husband is so amazing. He was there for me just, you know, just, speaking life into me and praying over me and um, just really there. And, you know, it was, it was hard for me to pray. So all I could do sometimes is just cry. And what's amazing about that is the Bible even talks about the Lord bottling up our tears. So it's okay to cry, you know, it's okay to let it out. Like, 
like he he knows our thoughts and he hears our our heart's prayer you know and um he's weeping you know with us too you know um but so that that happened um I don't know if y'all have any questions or should I go on to like how I remain. Hold on. This is so good. First of all, thank you again. Like I'm probably be thanking you this whole morning because you are encouraging so many women just by speaking myself included. So thank you so, so much. But I do, I do just want to acknowledge a couple of things that you shared. Um, First of all, you know, God giving you the confirmation that he did, like just how beautiful that is, how he speaks to us. And, you know, in ways that only we can fully understand and know and and have that type of confirmation, you know. Um, And then I also want to highlight, too, just um, your husband's support. I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. And one of the reasons why I always encourage women, you know, that are single or that are dating or planning to get married to please make sure that whomever you are considering as your lifetime mate that they are a person of God, you know, that they are a man of God or that they are a woman of God because storms will come. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and, you know, and and what that will look like. And you're going to need someone, like you were saying, to cover you in prayer, to speak the word of God over your life when you don't feel like being spoken to (laughs) or when you are, you know, when you don't have the strength or you don't have the words, you know, you're going to need someone that's going to be able to cover you and vice versa. You know, we do it for one another, but it's so important to have, um, you know, someone that can, can withstand those trials. So thank God for your husband. Yes. He is definitely, um, a praying man. Um, he heals people, Amen. his prayers, like he is definitely a man of God. Um, so Charmaine, you want to pick up with the rest of your story? Yeah. So, um, so it was really hard guys. Um, I wish I could say I prayed my way out of it by myself. Like I didn't. I had support from my life group. I had support from friends. Um, even even as all the, I think with all the prayers that were, that was coming in, um, it really helped me to not go deep in a dark hole because I didn't realize like I was almost falling into depression hmm. um, until I uh, until it lifted. Um, and, you know, friends calling me and just checking on me and asking me if I was okay. And then I would, I would think I was okay. And then, and then even I would just tell them I was okay, but they, they knew like the, I guess the Holy Spirit, or they knew it in my voice that I wasn't okay. And, and then they would just let me cry on the phone and, you know, and then just, just really just sitting in the presence of God and just allowing him to just minister to me and um playing worship music um you know because god you know the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy and i would never blame god i didn't blame god for what happened and i don't want anybody else to blame god for whatever they're going through um so where i got 
my full breakthrough because I thought I had a measure. I, I think I did have a measure of breakthrough before I went to, I went to a retreat and I had a measure of breakthrough because I didn't really want to go to the retreat. But then my husband was like, you know, Charmaine, I really want you to go, you know, it's going to be great. I think you really need this. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. And um, even there, I was like, I could have just stayed home. <laughs> so uh, I went to the, <laughs> I went to the retreat and um, I don't know if it was the end or the beginning or the middle, but somewhere between in, in, the, in the midst of all of it, um, they called up people for prayer. And I was like, you know, I'm fine. I don't need, I don't need any prayer. You know, I'm good. Um, but I was like, you know, let me just, let me just make sure there's nothing wrong with a little extra prayer. And so I went down and um, I hope I'm not missing anything out, but I went down and uh, the, the pastor, she's a lady, um, one of the pastors at the church, she wrapped her arms around me and just started like praying. And the Lord was just ministering to me through her. And uh, as her arms was wrapped around me, like the Lord was just saying like her arms, these are an extension of my arms and just, just um, destroying all the, the lies and all the hurt and all the just just really like filling me with his love through her her prayers it was just so amazing I honestly felt like I I thought I was like delivered and free from the cloud the 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 hurt you know but I wasn't because when she wrapped her arms around me I just felt like love just come over me and I just like was like lighter and I was oh, I just felt free if that makes sense and I was I was free I was being freed it was just such an amazing moment um and so that that happened and then um after that like at the end of the the retreats um so they invited people to come up who, you know, want a, want the prayer language of speaking in tongues, or if you already have it, come up anyways and just pray for people. So um, I went up because I already speak in tongues and um, I was just up praying for people and just praying in the Holy Spirit. And um, the Lord just like wrecked me with, um, with, uh, laughter and I just I couldn't control my laughter and I was just literally rolling on the floor and then I had this vision of like angels just touching everybody and um after that night y'all I was I was like now I am free amen <laughs> um but it was just it was so amazing um and I also want to say I, I don't know if it was that same month but uh, something really cool that happened, Ryan's sister, um, she actually prayed for a lot of people to get pregnant and they have gotten pregnant. And she herself has struggled with um, getting pregnant with her second child. And, um, but now she has three kids. So, after her struggle, she'd go around praying for people and her friends, people that she know, people that anybody that asks. So July, 
was it July? July, yes. July, she came to visit. Um, she always come in July to visit. And so she came and she was like, when I come, I'm gonna pray for you. You're gonna get pregnant. And this, you know, you're gonna have this child. And so I'm like, okay. So before she left, she laid hands on me and prayed for me. And, um, and I got pregnant. But what's really cool about that, guys, is so the next year, uh, or throughout uh, when I got pregnant, I heard about someone else that was struggling for a way longer than I was struggling and dealing with, you know, uh, like even a rough uh, journey. Um, and I was like, well, you know, my mother, my 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 sister-in-law prayed for me and. Um, I believe the Lord is going to bless you with a child as well. And um, so I, I even prayed for her and just comfort her and everything. And, and, and so my sister-in-law came in July. And how many of you know her child is born in April? <laughs> so she got prayed for in July, just like me. And now she has a child. Like she has a, her son. And, now, <laughs> and awesome. it's just like like that time is just so like amazing um so i hope i didn't miss out anything but god is so good and he's so faithful yeah. um don't give up on on the lord continue to to and i know it's i know it it's hard um but get around other believers other people uh with faith that can that you could you could lean on because sometimes honestly sometimes you're like okay lord I but let me just share something really quick um i know you were talking about god's faithfulness but i also want to touch on how important it is um for us to take time to grieve for us to take time to shed those tears to um lean into god even if we need to wrestle with god you know it talks about the bible talks about Jacob, who then became Israel, wrestling with God. He is God enough for us to, to handle any emotion that we may be having or experiencing, you know, if we come to him with it. And so I'm just glad that you emphasized or talked about that part as well. You know, the word of God says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, but people don't realize in order to be comforted, you have to mourn, you have to grieve, you have to acknowledge that you're hurting. And so um, I'm glad that you walked us through that process as well as the journey to, you know, experiencing first and foremost, that emotional and spiritual freedom that you talked about at the retreat. And then also, you know, um, being blessed to conceive, you know, after people have prayed over you and encouraged you. So yes, but now that you're back, go ahead and finish talking about God's faithfulness. And also, um, this is the pregnancy that you conceived, Ethan. I just wanted to clarify. Yes, yes, it is. Um, do you know which, uh, where I went out at? You were talking. You were just talking about how faithful God is. Right after you had talked about um, the friend that you had prayed for conceiving in April. Oh, okay, so I I told I uh, I guess I should reiterate. So my sister in law prayed for her in July, and then she also got pregnant. She also had her son in April. So that was just really cool, and um, it was it's really a miracle with her. Oh my gosh, God is so good. She told me some other stuff that happened, but 
um, God is just so faithful, you guys. And um, I just like, it's just don't give up. Don't give up. Um, link arms with Christians that have uh, faith and um, that is, that's going to speak life. That's going to speak the word of God over you. That's going to encourage you. Um, and just don't give up. Amen. I know it's hard. I know sometimes we don't see like it going, see it going to happen. Um, but don't give up. Amen. Keep knocking. Now you had, did you have Ethan in April as well? Or what year, when did you have Ethan? Yes, I had Ethan in April. I had Ethan in 2019. Okay, so April of 2019. So he is like a year and a half now, right? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yes. Congratulations. So how has um, your, I will say, how has your um, perception or your perspective of motherhood changed um, now that you are a mother and even given everything that you've gone through? Oh, man. So I used to think motherhood was a burden, but it's, it's, it's so amazing. It's like I never knew a love like, like this, you know? And even like with the hard times, like lack of sleep or tantrums, um, it's like, it's still so sweet. Like, and then even just with just like thinking about our, my son and just like thinking about me being God's daughter, it, I'm like, okay, in what way am I having a tantrum with the Lord? And then some, so I give my son extra grace because I know like, okay, I'm, I'm probably having a tantrum somewhere with Jesus, you know? And um, it's just kind of softens my heart. I mean, my heart isn't stony, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't freak out um, when he's tantruming. It's, it's just amazing. It, I feel like it really, it, it really has like refined me in a way and showed me strengths that I didn't have, that I didn't know I had. Um, it's just beautiful. I love it. And it's such, it's just an honor to, to have such a sweet, sweet kiddo. <laughs> and he loves rocks. He loves mud. He loves being outside. <laughs> so it's just, it's so fun. And I look forward to um, having another child and, um, you know, and, you know, there, there be more responsibility, but it's just going to be, it's going to be great because they're such a blessing. They are such a blessing. Amen. I feel like your appreciation for where you are now and even just your perspective has changed because of the journey that it took to get him. Like when you were thinking, talking about earlier growing up, how it always seemed like a burden or just a lot of work. And just now how that perspective has really shifted to it being just an incredible blessing and just how much you've been able to grow and learn in the process. So it's always amazing to me how God uses what we've been through to help us to grow and appreciate where we are. So very good. So I'll share a little bit about my journey to motherhood. Um, I have three daughters, as you both know, Ryla, Layla, and Mariah. And my story is a little bit, bit different. Um, for me, we use, we use like natural birth control methods. And for those three, 
<laughs> and it's like we knew like oh man i think i'm pregnant um so fertility i guess from in that in those regards for me um i probably would be considered fertile um so now i'm pregnant with our fourth child um which is a boy and this one is a complete surprise but i would say this pregnancy has probably been the most challenging one thus far um because originally um there were two of them um in there so along this pregnancy i miscarried one and it's somewhere along the lines and so that journey has been difficult um for us um because you know once once you see your children or your child or your babies on an ultrasound screen you like you, it's confirmed and you um like have a connection already like you start bonding so i can definitely relate um to the loss of a child um and, and it, it is a grieving process and uh, ryan was very supportive um throughout this time and we've just been really prayerful um along this this fourth pregnancy and this journey and we're super thankful um for our children and and i feel that um i'm still blessed even though you know we lost one um i'm still counting all of my blessings um and you know you may not understand the reason uh for why things happen the way that they do um but you still have to be thankful to god for you know the blessings that you do have absolutely thank you for sharing that toya absolutely we are like uh, my husband and i are full swing still in our journey to parenthood uh, we have no children we've been married uh, six years and uh, probably about a year and a half uh, after being married i was diagnosed with cancer so that kind of became our world and our focal point for gosh the next you know three four years um, I am since then in remission, you know, um, you know, not on any type of chemotherapy or anything. So um, in the clear as far as that has is concerned, but um, I definitely believe that I use that to forge an even greater bond in our marriage. I feel like um, <laughs> everything we've experienced in our six years up until this point, you know, I feel like God has us on the fast track, if you will, for uh, intimacy and growth and development. Um, and so, but all that to say, when I was planning to um, come off of birth control and to start trying to grow our family is when I was diagnosed. And so literally going from thinking about life to death in like a matter of weeks or months was very traumatic and is still very traumatic in a lot of ways because I had lost my parents early. Um, prematurely. Um, I lost my mother at the, um, when I was 29. I lost my father when I was 31. And so in a lot of cases, losing them back to back and then only a few years later being diagnosed with cancer, a lot of me has really felt like my lineage is on a, under attack. And so um, like struggling through that. And then um, while we were preparing to start chemotherapy, they usually give you an opportunity for, um, for women in particular to harvest their eggs. 
in case, you know, they want to, you know, have them harvested and, and have their eggs frozen and everything while they're going through chemotherapy so that afterwards they can, you know, have children or start to try to have children. And so we went to a fertility um, specialist um, right before, because they were like, you have a window of time if you want to look at this before you start your chemo. So we went to a fertility specialist, you know, got all the information and of course they run all the tests. And when the test came back, they said your egg count is very, very low. Um, we don't know if number one, we'd be able to harvest eggs um, based on your egg count. And number two, um, if you'd be able to get pregnant naturally. So I was like, okay, I'm about to go into chemotherapy and you tell me I can't have no children. Like what in the world? So literally it felt like one, um, one attack right after the other. And so um, we decided not to um, invest the time, effort or energy in trying or money in trying to harvest eggs if there was a low chance uh, scientifically or physically and it really became one of those things where it was like, well, God, if you're going to do, if, if we're going to conceive naturally, you're going to have to do it, bottom line. And so um, that has been our journey ever since, you know, and even coming out of uh, chemotherapy and, and being in remission and everything, you know, um, my egg count at this point is very low to non-existent, um, you know, postmenopausal is what I have been told I have not had a cycle consistently since um, being in remission from cancer. And so um, we're just at a, in a place now where we still believe that we will be parents, that we will have a family. We don't necessarily know how God is gonna do it, um, totally open to how he wants to do it, but realizing it's something that he's gonna have to do, even if it is unconventional, like he's going to have to do that in our hearts, you know, um, because it's not something that, we're just going to go out and try to do in our own strength. Um, and so really just trusting God and believing God, but knowing at the same time that he's faithful, knowing at the same time that we're going to be parents, knowing at the same time that he's capable of doing any and everything that's, you know, he could do anything. So we're, we're just kind of in a place now where we're just trying to see what he's going to do and how he's going to do it but believing him all the more. So that's why I was saying earlier, I'm definitely encouraged by your story and um, yeah, just encouraged by it. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Maya. Absolutely, absolutely. So I will say for both of you, if, and if you wanna envision talking to me or whomever else may be listening, like what words of wisdom or encouragement would you share um, to women that may be experiencing infertility, um, that may um, have experienced even early infant loss um, or miscarriage or what have you, like what words of wisdom or encouragement would you share with them? God is still God at the end of the day, no matter what you're going through. Um, he He is the ultimate, he has the final word in every single aspect of your life of our lives he does he has the final word so don't give up um and continue to seek out um other methods um i know some unconventional methods too like surrogates 
um, you know, that that's even an option, you know, I know it costs a little bit of money, but um, having your egg and his sperm and having someone carry your baby to term, like seek alternative methods. Uh, and uh, I went to a chiropractor this week and they were talking about even like with your hips, sometimes if there's a misalignment in your hips, it can cause infertility and affect your sex organs. So maybe um, even going to a chiropractor and having them look at your spine and making sure your body is in full alignment um, in order to conceive. Um, I was reading their testimonies and how people were struggling with infertility and after going to the chiropractor, um, them being able to conceive. Um, so just don't give up. Um, that's That would be my advice to pray, have faith in God and don't give up. Very good. Charmaine, anything you want to share? That's good. I like what um, Latoya said. Um, like, and don't feel ashamed about doing other methods. Um, mm -hmm. It's still supernatural because the Lord gives these people wisdom so that we can do these things. Um, and like Latoya said, don't give up. Don't give up and um, continue to pray. And I believe like, I believe the Lord wants to grant those desires and I believe he will amen amen so you shared um a little bit uh about what well, both of you shared about your husbands being a support uh, during this time and other uh, people of faith but are there any other tools or resources that you would uh recommend for uh women that may be still on the journey to motherhood I would definitely recommend getting the book Supernatural Childbirth because that book um, not only does it have not only does it has uh, have several testimonies of women included in in that book, but it talks about um, prayers to pray um, if you're struggling to conceive prayers to pray if you're struggling uh, with miscarriages or threatening miscarriages. Um, they have tons of examples in the Bible, uh, but it, it lays out like specific prayers mm -hmm. that you can consistently pray over your body. Um, and it even encourages like your spouse to also pray over your body. And even with the childbirth, um, with the supernatural part of childbirth, so that you don't have as much pain um, mm -hmm. that most people typically experience during childbirth. Um, so if you have anxiety um, about the childbirthing process, mm -hmm. like I would definitely recommend that book, Supernatural Childbirth. Excellent resource. I've actually, it's funny you say that because I've bought that book for other people, but I have never read it. Girl, I need to yeah. read it myself. Yeah, I Ooh, bought it for other people though. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's not just about the childbirth. It's not mm -hmm. just about that. It talks about all the other aspects of mm -hmm. even just conceiving, even if you're struggling with miscarriages, mm -hmm. it talks about all of that stuff. And there's tons of testimonies 
of women um, that have conceived miraculously yeah. after being told like they couldn't have kids. Yeah, because I, I was that's why I bought it for them for their delivery, but I never thought about it for the conceiving part. So Thank yes. <laughs> and the, the name kind of throws it off because it's mm-hmm. supernatural childbirth, mm-hmm. but it, it goes into all the other aspects of it too. That's good. Very good. Anything you want to share for tools or resources, Charmaine? Um, well, I actually have that book as well. And um, I kind of skipped to the to the testimony, um, well, to the scriptures at the back. So um, I, I read that book too. So, um, but that's it. I think that's Very good. good. Yeah. yeah. Any other people? That's, that's all I use. And- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were, had paused. What else? I'm sorry, Charmaine. Oh, I was just saying, um, I just used that in, in prayer. Amen. Amen. And I know you all talked about your spouses, but any other um, people or groups that have you leaned on during your journey to motherhood? I would say our life group has been pretty instrumental, instrumental during, um, <laughs> this whole journey for me of motherhood. Um, I believe we formed our life group when I just had Ryla and she's seven and we've been in communication and getting together at each other's homes and fellowshipping, praying over each other's marriages and um, praying over our, each other's problems and obstacles that we're all experiencing this life together and really encouraging um, each other. So definitely my life group, um, the wives of, of track stars has also been um, inspirational on my journey, especially during this this time, this pregnancy in particular, in particularly, um, you guys have been um, a, a great source of support. Um, so I would say make sure you have, you know, a small group of people that you can lean on that's going to pray over you and believe with you. Amen. Very good. Very good. All right. Anything else before we move into motherhood? All right. Well, let's talk about how life has changed now that you are officially a mother. So we'll start with you, Charmaine. Like, how did how did life change like 18 months ago for you? Well, um, okay. So I feel like taking time for myself, um, that, that changed. Like, I need to make sure I take time for myself because I'm always um you know Ethan 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 or um handling the business or taking care of the home um you know just getting trying to get balance in the area and I think I'm starting to find a nice balance um and you know I don't it what else has changed I feel like that has changed Mm -hmm. um oh Ethan has brought more excitement more uh to our household (laughs) more not being able to sleep as long as we want to Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but that it's it's been amazing it's been amazing awesome what about you toya how did life change after rila 
and with each child after, because I know it's a, you know, it continues to change. Very similar to Charmaine, like all the selfish tendencies have to go. Like you really have to prioritize <laughs> your child's needs above your own. Um, and it, it, it's a, it's an art to that balance of taking care of yourself as well as taking care of your child, like making sure you're still um, having me time and exercising and not forgetting to eat. Um, and then when I started adding more children to the plate, um, that became even more challenging. Um, but uh, with my husband, it's more of a partnership. Um, and we have kind of uh, figured out our little system of how we share the responsibilities because we both work we both have extracurricular activities mm -hmm. that we do so we have to both be very hands-on with our kids and I think we have grown closer together because it's like teamwork <laughs> we are outnumbered so we definitely have to work together <laughs> that's funny I love that little toy. <laughs> oh, that's very. Not let them take us out. That's what we keep saying. We can't let them take us out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, uh, how would you encourage any new moms or first-time moms? I would say you are doing better than what you think you are doing. Um, and don't compare, you know, your mothering to anybody else's because it's going to look different for every single body. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. And, um, and you know, if people give advice or um, if you have questions, ask. Don't be scared to ask. Um, and don't be scared to ask for help. Um, or don't feel ashamed about asking for help or you know, dropping your kids off to the grandparents or close friend or sister or, or mom or, you know, um, allow them to help you so that you can get that break that you, you need, that we need, you know, um, and you're doing good. You're doing good. Amen. Yes. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry too much about your house looking perfect, you know perfectly clean all the time just you know it'll be okay <laughs> man very good and again any tools or resources that you would suggest for new or first-time moms you know even if there's some cool gadgets out there I know stuff changes with time but anything you would recommend for um, new or first-time moms to help them on this journey the what to expect app is really good um not only is it good for while you're pregnant, but it continues to give you updates on certain milestones that you should be looking at or looking, uh, making sure your, your kiddos are reaching milestones at certain ages. Good. So I would recommend that. Very good. Yeah, there's also a place um, called Hope Center that um, give assistance with um, people that are in, that are pregnant, that are need, and even after pregnancy. And there's like classes you can take and all this is free. 
And so like when you go to the class, like your husband can go or, um, or somebody that's supporting you can go. And as you go, you get mommy money. And so you, and they also like provide you with diapers and stuff. Um, and I think they even provide you with the car seat, um, but connected to the Hope Center, it's also a thrift store. I don't know if, you know, everybody like thrifting. I like thrifting. Mm -hmm. And um, so what you do is use your mommy money at the thrift store and get like certain things that you need. And it's a really nice thrift store. Um, and um, that's, that's really helpful. So it has, they have classes and they give you uh, things to support you on your journey to, um, as you're a mom. Awesome. And it's called the Hope Store. Did I say it right? The Hope Center. The Hope Center. Okay. Is it local or is it like, do they have a website? Like, are they, you know, can other people outside of like Atlanta where we are experience it or the Hope Center? Well, I think they have different uh, branches around. Mm -hmm. So you would have to go to the one that is uh, closest to you. Mm -hmm. If I um, don't quote me on that, you can call them and just double check. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I went in the beginning just to learn um, certain things that I, you know, wanted wisdom on. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Thank you both, ladies. Anything else y'all want to share before we transition into our noble character? All right. Well, we're going to transition into noble character. Charmaine, do you want to share yours? Well, first of all, I was going to say, Toya, do you want to explain what noble character is? And then we'll see who you want to share for this week, Charmaine. So noble character is when you want to recognize a woman out in the community that is being a great role model, um, possibly um, as it relates to what we're talking about today. So, Charmaine? Um, two people came to mind, but I think I wanna highlight uh, one of my friends, um, Kirsty, and um, she's a military wife and I admire how flexible she is with um, just moving different places um, and adjusting to mm -hmm. the different um, places that she moved to and, and having to pick up everything and go and having to re um, find new relationships and connect with people and stuff. But I also highlighted her because she was one of the friends that, um, caught me constantly checking on me texting me and and just like reading through uh yeah I'm okay you know and like Charmaine are you sure you're okay like it's okay if you're not okay you know um she's just been so amazing and even just um things like her mentoring even young kids young young I don't even know if they're kids but um young women mm -hmm. um just hearing the testimonies of how uh, they are like even hungry for God and how um, like she, she's, she didn't tell me she stirred them up, but like she, um, you know, just pour into them and, and just hearing them flourish. Um, so that's a little bit about that. So I, I would nominate, I would 
acknowledge her. Right, right. <laughs> I'll acknowledge her. Kirstie. Yes. I would say Kirstie, um, she's a friend is friend of mine as well. And I know she's not part of our life group or track stars group, but she has definitely definitely been supportive um during this time as well. Um for me with the constant prayers and texts and just checking in on me. Um, she's wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Can we give her full name? Give her a shout out. Yes. You want to share our full name, Charmaine, and we'll give her a shout out for noble character. Oh, Kirstie Foley. Kirstie Foley. Kirstie Foley, you are a woman of noble character. Yes. Very good. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, so this week's BE Challenge, well, first of all, last week we talked about emotional and um, mental wellness. And so the BE Challenge was for last week was to identify and implement one tool or resource to develop your personal and mental wellness. So there's still time to get in on that. If you have not done it already, um, check out the episode and find a tool or resource to help you grow in that area. This week's BE Challenge, since we're talking about infertility and the journey to motherhood is we want you to pray for a woman that is either struggling to conceive or carry, I would say struggling to conceive or carry a baby to, to full term. Um, Cause you know, that's a challenge as well, or someone um, that is a new mom, because at the end of the day, everybody needs prayer in those respective areas, depending on where you are in that, in that spectrum, whether you're you know, struggling to bring a baby to full term or whether or not you are a new mom and you're just trying to figure it out. So identify someone, you know, um, based on this conversation that may come to mind and just lift them up in prayer this week because we all need it in one shape or form. So, yeah. Anything else before we close out? Next week, we are talking about abuse and the journey to healing. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva Today. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you guys soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.